the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy, yesterday I thought about you after the show was over because in a quick passing comment we had with each other, I admitted, and so did you, that we had just both gotten our flu shots. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you got yours. Yeah, because my arm was hurting. Oh, is it? Oh, it hurt so much. Mine didn't hurt at all. Show off. Now, my wife's arm hurt as well. Oh, it was rough. Where'd you get yours? At my family doctor. Yeah. Easy peasy. Where'd you get yours? It was, it was very easy. You, you know should, I got mine? Where? Oh, no. Please, don't tell me the gas station. <laughs> Close. Close. I got mine at Giant Eagle. Okay, great. Where I had to step, I got, on, I had to step behind a curtain. I, ha- I got mine at Rite Aid last year. Okay, fine. Well, I was happy with step it. Step behind a curtain. And put, then the, uh, I don't even know who it was, like the pharmacy tech wanted to put a okay, band-aid. Okay, look at this. I don't even know who it was. Was it like someone... You know, shopping in the cleaning aisle? No, I, mean, I went to a- the pharmacy and said, you know, I want to get a, you know, a flu shot. And they were like, fine, no problem. Somebody would come out in a couple of minutes. A young woman came out. She, You're she, certain that that was the right fine. woman? She had a syringe in her hand. Or did she have a shopping cart? Nope, she, she didn't. Right. She did not show me her giant Eagle Advantage card. And before you know it, she put that little thing in my arm. I was out the door. Good Great. to go. I feel good about it. Yeah, me too. Okay, so I'm a, I've become a bit of a germaphobe. And I think probably a lot of people have become germaphobes in the past decade or so, only because the realization we live in a filthy, dirty world. Right. I, and it's not like we live in a world that has more germs in it. It's just that we're more aware of it because there are more things, you know, coming up on our newsfeed about, you know, the microbiology of the world around us. I really think that's why people are more germaphobic. It's just because we have more information about how many germs there are, and so we're freaking out. Well, so yesterday you talked about the PG. The Post-Gazette brought somebody in, and so that awareness kind of grosses you out. Right, so I talked about a PG article from yesterday where they brought in a microbiologic lab Mm -hmm. to assess their work environment at the PG and tell them what the dirtiest, germiest places were and the cleanest places. In your workspace. In your workspace. Now, you and I, see, this is why it freaks me out, because you and I share, we share a studio with how many other people? Like an airtight room. But we have other people come in and out of this room all day long who are using the room for other things. Right. And it's, you know, of course, there's a heavy door on it and it's glass and it's not like there's a great HVAC system. So the odds are that because we share this space in a more of an airtight situation and just we're all just filthy dirty, that sooner or later, <laughs> I mean, I one of us is going to get sick. Speak for yourself. No, we're filthy dirty <laughs> people. No, no. No, no, Listen. no. You know no, no. you are. Oh, you filthy on. dirty. Just, filthy. Pipe down with your judgment. I'm telling you that I'm a hand washer. It's the nature of being alive. We just slough our dead cells all over the place. We do. Let me just be blunt. I've got to be honest, New Mike. This is going from bad to worse. We're sluffers. You're a sluffer. I know it. I've seen it, for goodness sake. You haven't seen it. Oh, believe me. I shared the same studio with you. I know that your dead cells are all over the place. With your x-ray vision. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. Okay, but 
a third of our group here mm-hmm. refuses to get a flu shot. Mike, yeah. would you like to speak to your perspective? I don't need please? one. I, oh, yeah. it's, it's, no, no, no. It's another way no, no. To, to make money. No. <laughs> it's another way oh, for I the see. health market it's to make It's a capitalist money. venture. Here's the it deal. Is. You've been overruled. Since the yeah. majority of the team here has now had their okay. flu shot, then you are compelled All right. to get defense, your own. In my defense. In your defense. There's no defense. My 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 brother-in-law got a flu shot flu, got a flu shot last year. Right. Oh, I've heard this story. A month later. And he got sick. Got sick. Right. So what? My mom got a flu shot. Mm-hmm. Right. A week later, she gets sick. She might have been more sick. I, right. could, I didn't get a flu shot. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the flu. Mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you I'm taking the that I needle. am one of those people who I got a flu shot and I got the flu. Good. So I'm one of those people who you think is proving your point of view, Mike. However. You may have been dead. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's what I talked to the nurses at the office and they were like, you know what? It's going to help you fight it off. It's exactly. not going to be as bad as it would have been if you didn't have it. But you wouldn't die. You, people die of the flu Listen, every people, year, Mike. Yeah, if they're like 85 and no, over, no, that's no, not no, true. No, 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 Mike. No, that's no, not no. True. I, yeah. I can, last year, a radio producer died of the flu. I, I guarantee oh, you. I'm really sad to say that one of my friends from high school just passed away last week. Of the flu? Can you believe that? That's horrible. It's awful. Yeah, it's don't really, look at me really like sad. that. I'm, I'm looking still at you. Not getting one. I'm still not Mike, getting a flu shot. Mike, I don't think you have Mike's a, getting one. No, no, I feel like he is. There's three of us in this group. Two have gotten it, which requires one more. Okay, to but follow the good along. thing is, Mike, you just have for to. The, for those of you who don't know what a radio studio looks like, the producer's in another room, so right. Mike's in so a different room from where we are. So listen, if he I'm doesn't good. want to get the stupid flu no, no, shot, no. at least he's on his own. He's in my office all day long. He's in my office all day long, breathing down my neck, having like macaroni salad next to me. You know what? He's in my office a lot, so too. Please. Did you have macaroni salad? Today? I didn't have macaroni salad. Well, I had you know what I'm saying. Fries. It's filthy. It's like right next to oh, me. You, now we're back to the filth and the dirt of it all. Is, is Mike's mother in the audience today? Is Mike's no. mother listening? New Mike's mom. Yes, because if she is, she needs to call us. We need to have a conversation. What if New Mike's mom doesn't want to get a flu shot? Well, then I need to have a conversation with New Mike's mom. Or New Mike's dad, or New Mike's sister, oh, or the extended me. family. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the uh, the complicated case of Asiya Bibi. She lives in Pakistan. She's been in prison for nine years under Pakistan's blasphemy laws. She was just last Tuesday acquitted, but still cannot leave the country because radical Islamists think that she should still be not just in prison, but should be put to death. Stick around. That's straight ahead on Flu Shot Wednesday. <laughs> the ride home with John and Kathy. <laughs> Still not getting one. <laughs> 101.5-WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Crowder. Red Letters. Apollo LTD and Gold. You made me shine like gold. Never Alone by Tori Kelly. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Hey, don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage because open enrollment ends December 7th. So you've got some important decisions to make. Medicare is confusing, but Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions and they've got the answers you're looking for. So before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going to hold up for next year and are they going to go up by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? 
So don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but on quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. It's me, the kid who sang, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I grew up, got my teeth. Turns out, not super impressive. What I really should have sang was, all I want for Christmas is to go to Fun For All Family Fun Park's Holiday Lights Mini Golf. They turn 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf into a Holiday Lights extravaganza like no other. From 5 to 10 p.m. November 16th through January 2nd, it's the most fantastic way to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Still got it. Learn more at funforall.com backslash holiday lights. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin on behalf of Light of Life Rescue Mission. Thanksgiving has great meeting for the entire team at the mission, and it reaches far beyond a few football games and eating too much turkey. We're thankful for you, the caring Pittsburgh community, and the generous ways you continue to reach out and help us touch the lives of those in need. Today, I'm asking you to join our team to help us share the priceless gift of hope by visiting lightoflife.org and donating generously today. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. Thanksgiving will be upon us soon, and it's this time of year the 12-step recovery community has what we call gratitude meetings. Don't miss our first gratitude meeting with two very special guests sharing their gratefulness of recovery and healing from this insidious disease of addiction. And we'll be here on Sunday, November 25th at 6.45 p.m. on WORD. There's a very strange, twisted story about a woman, a Sia Bibi, who was imprisoned. In Pakistan, nine years ago. Nine years for some draconian blasphemy laws that are still existing in Pakistan. She's trying to leave Pakistan right now, but uh, unable to do so. Here to talk to us about this uh, from Alliance Defending Freedom. Andre Thornhauser and uh, Andre, welcome to the show. You're you're speaking to us from far, far away uh, in Vienna. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. The Asiya Bibi case. She's been in prison nine years. Uh, was this, was it a surprise that last Tuesday the government of Pakistan declared that she had been imprisoned unlawfully? Um, well, it was a surprise, um, especially that the Supreme Court ruled, or um, a surprise and a relief, actually, that um, the Supreme Court ruled um, that there were not no that all the allegations against her were not true, and that her former convictions uh, could not be upheld. So, uh, with Asia Bibi going free uh, after having been indicted for blasphemy, um, that was a big win for religious freedom. Uh, not only in Pakistan, but 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 really um, worldwide, because there there are more uh, countries with blasphemy or also anti-conversion laws around the world. So this was um, a great sign of hope, as we know that there are many other cases also um, on blasphemy charges going on right now in Pakistan. Yes. But then uh, with Asia Bibi not being able to leave the country. Um, that was, again, a very disappointing event. I see. So, Andres, set the story for us, would you please? Because uh, as you came in, I talked about these very vague, draconian blasphemy laws that exist in Pakistan. Asiya Bibi was accused of what? What exactly happened that put her into jail? So, 
she was she was accused of blasphemy, uh, mainly of um, defaming the name of the Prophet Muhammad uh, while working in the fields, uh, as she said, um, almost a decade ago, and with 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 other with other women, and um, they they wanted to get water from a well, and the the other women didn't want her being a Christian um, to 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 get water from the same well as they did. And uh, a, sort of a, a fight broke broke loose, or just a fight of words broke loose there. And uh, afterwards, she was accused of um, having said, um, um, just in in a, in a bad way, spoken about the prophet. And uh, and that uh, got her accused, and she was put into prison, and also convicted uh, for blasphemy, and uh, actually awaited her her sentence of uh, what she was sentenced to death and um, appealed to the Supreme Court. And it took um, eight long years um, for her being in prison until this, this conviction was appealed. I see. So, Andres, these blasphemy laws, uh, I've, as I've been reading about this today, they are, for many people who are Pakistani, considered shameful laws, that the country itself has to repent of their past to ascend to be a first-world country. But from what I'm reading, these blasphemy laws are so twisted and able to be used as a, a quick knife into the gut of an enemy without any um, uh, any evidence that you you did, in fact, blasphemy, blasphemy Islam, one person's word against another turns people's lives upside down. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, those are twisted laws, and uh, they are very often, or there are many examples where they're being used to, just to settle personal scores. I see. Uh, because, of, uh, of course, uh, anybody could be accused, and then it's very hard to, to prove that you actually have not committed blasphemy. And, of course, as we know, um, in any democratic country, uh, f- the, the freedom of speech and, and to have your own opinion and, and um, is, is, is absolutely important. And, and with laws like blasphemy laws like this, like they're being um, um, also applied in Pakistan, it's, it's, it's very difficult for anybody who is not part of the mainstream religion to, uh, to, to be able to live there. I see. So a Christian minority, which makes these blasphemy laws convenient for a Muslim majority to get their way just by saying you've insulted Allah and now there's going to be some proceeding against you. Also, in my readings today, they said that oftentimes it's rare that people are even um, convicted in court because long before you get to court, an enraged mob beats people to death on the spot. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is the other thing. So it's... it's um it's the laws is, is, is one it's one thing and it's it's sort of the laws allow um also people or seem to allow people to 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 have their own lynch mobs um that if somebody's accused of of um having committed blasphemy that mobs show up that they um that they beat up people and sometimes sometimes even beat them to death and uh, there's a, in, in general it seems that it's it's um, accepted in society that everybody who does not agree with the general mainstream opinion um, is um, is, is uh, open for for um, uh, people can just go after him or her. We're talking to Andreas Thornhauser, Director of External Relations for the Alliance Defending Freedom International. Uh, Andreas, we talked yesterday to a journalist from Pakistan who writes for The Guardian, and he's a Muslim himself, and um, he was able to convey through 
actually amazing uh, grasp of the English language, just how difficult it is for him as a Muslim to deal with the fact that the radical wing of his own religion is causing such havoc. Um, We actually asked him at one point, you know, do you have any, could could you speak about what it's like for a Christian to have to live in that environment? He said, you know, I can't even speak to that. You should really talk to a Christian. I just, I can't imagine what that would even be like. Um, So can you talk, do you have any, are, are there other people there have to be other people who have suffered the same type of maybe not to a not to the extent of a nine year imprisonment, but Christians who have suffered under these blasphemy laws in similar ways to a Bibi? Yeah. So one of our so uh, Alliance Defending Freedom is a is a legal organization, and um, we have we have allied attorneys around the world uh, who take on pro bono case uh, who take on pro bono cases uh, defending Christians at court, especially if they're at court uh, because of their religion. And one of our allied attorneys is in Pakistan, and she had one one of the cases that she shared with us uh, when she came to Europe to Vienna, where, where we're headquartered. Um, she, she she told us about a, a nine-year-old girl that was forcefully wedded to a much older, uh, in this case, Muslim man, and, and, and when she uh, ran away and, and and went back to her her Christian village, uh, she also was accused of. First apostasy, so leaving uh, religion because by being get, by getting married, she automatically um, uh, became a Muslim as well. Uh, but but then also blasphemy because uh, she 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 did not want to remain a Muslim and uh, was was also jailed and um, in and and even uh, and, and tried at court uh, for blasphemy. And our um, allied attorney, who is a who is a Christian herself, um, she defended her and and at court. She herself was um, was was accused of blasphemy because uh, somebody uh, at, the, um, at, the, at court somebody said that um, the Prophet Muhammad also got uh, married to, to 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 younger girls and uh, so so everything was in order with this with this wedding in the first place and then she just allowed she she, she just mentioned that um, this is a this is a court um, and it's not about religion here it's about the law. And it has nothing to do do with the laws of Mohammed. And for that, she was accused of blasphemy. She had to flee the country, uh, spent, I think, um, several months in Germany, uh, hiding there, and then only through di- diplomatic relations was able to to return to the country. But um, and, and is now uh, ag- again defending um, Christians at court in blasphemy cases. She's a very brave woman, Wonderful. and um, and and has has quite several stories of this. But also has uh, seen successes with uh, defending people uh, at court if you do it um, in the right way. However, um, as we know, it's it's very dangerous for people, and very often um, people who stand up against those blasphemy laws, um, they're threatened um, with uh, with death, and threatened with violence, and sometimes even are killed. So that takes us back again to Asiya Bibi. She herself, acquitted of all charges, was wanting to leave the country, but now a, a huge mob of people has erupted and they are blocking that. Uh, people have asked the United Kingdom, the British authorities, to take Asiya Bibi. They have said no for various reasons. What is the latest status as Alliance Defending Freedom is standing by and helping Asiya Bibi? Is there a next step to freedom for her? Well, yes. The, the the next step, and and you might be aware that uh, we have so far um, an open letter signed by 230 parliamentarians from across the world, um, especially uh, is, is um, uh, also uh, cross uh, from from all political spectrums, 
and they um, they, they urged the Pakistani government to, to let Athia go because uh, that is the big point right now for fear of violence, um, as it as it seems for fear of mob violence. Um, they 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 have um, not allowed Athia Bibi and her family to leave the country right now. Um, she's being held at the at the undisclosed location, also for her own security. But uh, she's also not able to leave the country, which which is absolutely necessary considering uh, all the threats that she has received. And um, and although no, no country so far has officially declared that they would be really ready to uh, to, to grant asylum, um, we're pretty sure that once she's allowed to leave the country, that there will also be a, a place found for her that that grants asylum to her. And uh, so so this. Uh, it, it's very important to to increase the political pressure on on Pakistan also because right now it seems that the government is really complying to to, to mob um, pressure and um, and uh, just for fear of violence that uh, that they are not falling through with justice. Well, we are grateful to Alliance Defending Freedom International to work alongside Asiya Bibi to ensure that one day her, her freedom will come to her. Uh, joining us from Vienna, Austria, Andreas Thornhauser from Alliance Defending Freedom. Andreas, thanks so much for being with us here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. The leaves are falling. While shopping for a new rake, you check your ADT security camera from your phone and see some kids with toilet paper and eggs approaching your property. Then you see what they see. Your ADT sign and outdoor camera and scurry away. Scarecrow Service, brought to you by ADT. Designing and installing a smart home just for you, backed by best-in-class 24-7 protection. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, real protection. License information available at ADT.com. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin on behalf of Light of Life Rescue Mission. Thanksgiving has great meeting for the entire team at the mission, and it reaches far beyond a few football games and eating too much turkey. We're thankful for you, 
the caring Pittsburgh community, and the generous ways you continue to reach out and help us touch the lives of those in need. Today, I'm asking you to join our team to help us share the priceless gift of hope by visiting lightoflife.org and donating generously today. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Get smarter every day at Ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama, or maybe the next LeBron James. Try OZY.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. Mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 27 degrees. Tomorrow, a cold day with some sleet and freezing rain with icy travel in the morning and a cold, plain rain in the afternoon, high 35. Rain will change over to snow tomorrow night, accumulating 1 to 3 inches, low 30. And clouds give way to some sun for Friday, brisk with a high of 39 degrees. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Well, that certainly is grand, isn't it? It's time for tea. God save the Queen. We say this because today is Prince Charles' 70th birthday. The man who would be king. Mm-hmm. And or the I'm man sh- who might never be king. He has probably longed for that position for so... Do you think he has? Well, you know... I have so many, like America, like so many Americans, mixed emotions based upon so little knowledge about the British monarchy. But watching the crown, it kind of broke my heart for him. Listen, it changed the whole my whole perspective on the monarchy. Yes, I mean I was not hateful, but certainly quintessentially American when it came. I have no interest in the monarchy. I think it's like I I always used to say it just is an incredible you know, money-sucking machine from the regular, like, British person with a complete waste. It's a figurehead only. It, anyway, watching The Crown, I mean, it didn't make me a monarchist, but it really, I, I feel badly that I was speaking so strongly about something I knew nothing about. Yes. I, I really, I felt badly about it. I yes. still feel badly about it. So there's Prince Charles. Uh, Qu- the Queen was not with him today. As he celebrates his 70th birthday, they started the day off with a few family photos. Now, again... The British family photos are awesome. Delving into areas I don't know anything about. When I see Prince Charles sitting next to Camilla, Camilla, that breaks my heart. It still makes you mad. Because we all love Diana. Again, that was just some weird tabloid thing. But then you see her her loving sons, now the family there. And Diana's been gone for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's a real-life soap opera. It, it is. And you and, get invested in it. And you add to that, like, a lot of jewels, mm-hmm. a lot of clothes, and really big hats. Yes. In, plus inter- uniforms. Castles, international travel. Incredible history. Who wouldn't want to... Yeah. And tea. Lots and yes. lots of tea. And Pembroke Gordies, which are not cardigans, but okay. But they're still pretty good. Everyone's got a short falling. They're still pretty they're good. They're fine. All right, so, so are you looking for the latest, you know, great grandchild? I mean, Charles is about to have another grandchild. I have you know, no interest. Not in about all. to, but you know, in six months or so, I don't know how long. But the Queen, she's in her nineties. Yeah. I mean, well, she she'll die the Queen. Well, I don't know the procedure. I mean, could she decide that she's no longer going to? Can you ret- retire? I I have no idea. 
I, I would assume you can do just about anything. I mean, you know, the king, the king absconded, right? I mean, he, he disavowed his kingship. Right. So you could probably do anything. It's not called absconding. Well. Absconding is when you take something. Okay. He was actually leaving something. <laughs> yeah. He abdicated. That's he abdic- what it was. I couldn't think of it. He absconded. <laughs> absconded. <laughs> but he abdicated and then he stole stuff on yeah. the way out. <laughs> I'm still upset about Mike. He's I'm, the worst. He's the, I'm still upset about Mike and his flu shot. So I'm... <laughs> Excuse me for that. I, just, I don't need flu shots. Oh, you I, need a flu shot. I drink green tea oh, every day. Oh, yeah, I'll like scone you out of the studio right away, my friend. Right. Happy birthday to Prince Charles. Yes. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we are going to have uh, two guests. Actually, the guest is the guest. Uh, and one of them is British. Yes. John Guest. Ed Glover. Join us next from Urban Impact. WORD. The top five answers are on the board to this question. Name a common excuse or reason that people give for not believing the Bible. That's Pastor James McDonald from Walk in the Word Radio. I have my own source of truth. To read more about his answer, download a free digital copy of God Wrote a Book. Pastor James clarifies the misconceptions that surround the infallibility, reliability, and historicity of the Bible. God Wrote a Book, yours free now when you go to wordfm.com slash book. At Accurate Solutions Group, we're known to consort with pirates, penguins, and even panthers, and of course the Steelers. Maybe fans of Pittsburgh's most beloved sports teams turn to us because they know we're Yinzers too. So whether you're a pirate fan, penguin, panther, or Steelers, or all of the above, give us a call. I'm Kurt Kenotic. Ethan and I will help you get to where you need to be. Retirement is what we do, independent is what we are, and fiduciary is how we practice. Retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. A retirement blueprint from Accurate Solutions Group. It's customized and personalized to your unique situation. Call 412-515-3555. It's never too late and it's never too early. 412-515-3555. Or visit asgretire.com. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. 412-503-4769. 
This Christmas, the tradition continues with Bill Gaither and the Gaither Christmas Homecoming Tour with special guests, the Neelands, Charlotte Ritchie, Kevin Williams, and Mark Lowry. 6 p.m. Saturday night, December 1st at the First Summit Arena in Johnstown. Tickets available now at 800-745-3000, the First Summit Arena box office, or at Gaither.com. Produced by Fill the Gap Concerts. Hey, welcome back. Always a pleasure to be along on this Wednesday afternoon. Ed Glover and John Guest are with us. We were just talking about royalty, British royalty. It's funny we have John in here. And in many ways, I would say you're royalty of the north side, Ed. <laughs> wow, we that, just promoted them. Isn't it? Aren't yes. you glad no, no, you guys no, came no. today? That I think it's very cool. It's a well-earned title. Yes. <laughs> Ed, John, uh, welcome. Always good to see you both. It's great to see the two of you. Thank you. Tell us, for anyone who is... Uh, ignorant of the fact of urban impact it's an important ministry and it's been on the north side helping people for a long time long time uh, my wife and i moved on to the north side in, ni- in 1986 i've been there 32 years we started urban impact in 1995 so we've been around a long wow. time nice now you told me a story years ago about you living on the north side and on a fairly regular basis your car would, would go missing <laughs> it's be stolen exactly like I, we and that, made, and that made you want to stay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not really, but I, I did. What happened, as I tell the story, is that Tammy and I moved in. We moved in on a street where four out of five homes were boarded up and unoccupied. Yeah. And we were, I was in the ministry at Allegheny Center Lines Church at that time. Six years into the ministry, I walked out of my house. car was stolen for the third time. And that's when I looked down the street and said to the Lord, Lord, am I wasting my time? Can we make mm-hmm. any kind of a difference right. here? And that's when the Lord gave me this thought, how do you eat an elephant? I said, one bite at a time. And that's when he took my mind, helped me to see that I can understand that I can impact one person, one family, one block at a time. And that's when Urban Impact Foundation was born. Wonderful. So now the roles are reversed because you were working for John Guest. Now John is working for you, but a lot has gone on full circle in the interim. John, talk about that. You've been a Pittsburgher for many, many years, but Pittsburgh is really not necessarily your birth home, is it? No. England is my birth home. Born, raised, educated, ordained, yes, converted. <laughs> not exactly in all those orders, but... Uh, got converted before I got ordained. And you found your way to Pittsburgh how? I was speaking out on the East Coast in Rhode Island, ran into a Pittsburgh guy, Reed Carpenter. You'll know that name, I think. Surely I do. And he told me about a vision of turning Pittsburgh around in such a way that it would become as famous for God as it was for steel. And uh, that got my attention i thought take on a whole city and if you could do it in one city you could do it in other cities you can transplant in other cities what it is you're doing to change that particular city pittsburgh fabulous and in many ways urban impact has been the engine for that change Ed, talk about the programs and the people impacted yeah we do sports education options and arts and we help uh, thousands of people on the north side of pittsburgh I have 35 missionaries that live in, in the hood, if you will. They raise their own support, live on the north side, and we are now impacting thousands of people's lives. 
and we help kids transition out of high school. That's one of the when we bring people to Christ, we disciple them, we move them, but then eventually we graduate a lot of these kids from high school. I see. And right now we have a hundred percent of our kids that participate in our options program graduating from high mm-hmm. school, and ninety seven percent of them go off to a college. Go to a trade school, get a job, go into military and the ministry. Ninety percent, ninety-seven. Wow, that says an awful lot. Okay, so yeah. thirty-five urban ministers in the city raising their own money and then working there as well yeah, and living on the north side. That takes a lot of cash. Yes, it, it does. So talk about this. You're here to talk about some some money issues. Yeah, right? yeah. We we have to raise a lot of money to do that and do all the program because we we're touching thousands of people. And we serve 36,000 meals to kids. I can go on and on. So there's a lot of great things that are going on. But every, my good friend John Guest would always say, nothing moves without prayer, leadership, and money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, absolutely right. We pray. We got leadership, but you need resources. Yeah. So I, we got an unbelievable gift. It's a $200,000 matching grant for every dollar that's given between now and the end of December. We'll be matched up to $200,000. So if you want to give, you can give to Urban Impact and change kids' lives and change our city together. And give us some muscle because of that matching grant. Amen. That's right. right. We can lock arms and run the Lord's errands together. And they can find you where? Urban Impact. You can go on this, uifpgh.org slash match. And you put that down and you can go there and you can give. Uifpgh slash match match. Yep. Very nice. We're talking to two reverends. We've got Reverend Ed Glover here and the Reverend Dr. John Guest. John, all those years ago that you heard about Pittsburgh and you heard Reed Carpenter say, you know what, we're, we're trying to be strategic about Pittsburgh. We want it to be famous yes. um, for something other than steel. Um, now that you've been here all this time, talk about the changes you've seen in Pittsburgh. Well, steel died. So we kind of took over. <laughs> We're not as famous for steel anymore, are we? We're famous for the steelers now. We yes. have to change the slogan. But it's been phenomenal to watch churches grow. When I first came here, and we're going back uh, 50 years now. Horrors. <laughs> 50 years. Uh, you didn't have Northway. You didn't have Victory. You Mm -hmm. didn't have Orchard Hill. You didn't have Cornerstone. You didn't have Word FM. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You didn't have W the um, Christian TV station. Cornerstone, right? Right. You didn't have anything going on with the Steelers, spiritually, or the Pirates, and uh, it's been phenomenal to watch that. And you've got the Coalition for Christian Outreach and an unbelievable student ministry. Uh, it's uh, quite extraordinary what you do have. Yes. Now, when you say all that and you put it, it, you know, it like that, it sounds like Pittsburgh has been flourishing for Christ and for Christ alone, which is a really good thing, isn't it? Yeah. And we're also shutting off our phone. <laughs> I mean, we're working on it. We're we got fifty thousand watts of phone. <laughs> That's only happened to me what ten or twenty times yeah, over the years. Yeah, yeah. All right. So as you look at that and you think, okay, so we're part of a great legacy of people who've believed in Jesus and have decided that we're going to invest in our local communities. I think the four of us all feel that way, yes. and we've um, we, we're we're trying to live that out. Um, it's still hard. It's still challenging. I think every single day when we go to our particular places, we think, really. Like, I didn't think I was going to have to work that out. I didn't think I'd have to, like, you know, mediate that dispute. I never thought this would become an issue. Um, Ed, I'm sure you've seen those types of things over and over again all throughout the years. All, all constantly and consistently. 
But you know what? One of the great things I'm seeing on the north side right now, as you know, it's like a renaissance. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Things are changing dramatically. I mean, I moved down the street. Four out of five homes were boarded up. No more homes boarded up. It's right. big real estate now. Totally different. And there's a lot that, that's gone on. And there's a lot of ministries on the north side. There's Allegheny Satellites Church. It's a Pittsburgh project. There's Light of Life. There's all kinds of different ministries, as well as Urban Impact. And we're all working together to turn that around. And we, we work really hard to create a loving atmosphere and, and create a safe place where the gospel of Jesus Christ can be communicated and demonstrated. And just this past year, check this out, 500 people came to know Christ at Urban Impact. Wow. 500. So the, the, this is the time. There's ne- never been a greater time, to be honest, to be on the north side or being part of any of those ministries I just mentioned, as well as Urban Impact. So here you are. I mean, it's fair to say, and I don't mean this in any disparaging way at all. You are essentially become elder statesman for Christ here in the city of Pittsburgh, and that's a mantle I'm sure that you you don't take lightly. But to see those changes, whether it's on the north side or the city as a whole, it has to give you just great joy to see where God has moved the city. John, well, across the the space of my life, I've always had a tremendous desire to see the poor, the underprivileged, the disadvantaged, one for Christ and given a shot at life. I come from poverty myself in England. My dad died when I was seven, and it was during the Second World War. So I've always had a heart for the poor, and I'll tell you this, I've never seen anything like urban impact. I've been around a number of cities over a lifetime of ministry and what God is doing through Pastor Ed here and the Urban Impact Foundation is spectacular, mm. absolutely spectacular. The leadership that's being raised up to have 30 missionaries. What city do you know with one single organization has 35 missionaries who are raising their own salary, moving in to live there as if they were going to Rhodesia or yes. Somalia or Some wherever? far-flung third world. Right to take on the mission of our own cities. We've been losing our cities. I mean, I speak as one who's become an American, and we've been losing our cities. It's the case right now. Except here in Pittsburgh, you've got this amazing, really explosive ministry. It's growing exponentially. And in my semi-retirement, I'm very happy to get myself hooked up with Pastor Ed. In your semi-retirement, you're ready to start working. I'm, there's no such thing as retirement, really. Yes, you know yes, this. In you your Jesus. world, for sure. Right. Excellent. I'm, I'm the most happy one, though. I'm, uh, I'm happy about John being with us. He didn't, he didn't retire. He rewired. There nice. we go. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that. So the two of you are bringing two different things to Urban Impact. I think that's where the dynamic of it really shoots upward, is the fact that you have different perspectives. Um, and you can look at things differently. You've been in Urban Impact from the beginning because it was birthed in your head. But, John, you don't have to be here. I mean, you could go, you know, retire to, you know, wherever you want. Well, I did spend four winter seasons down in Florida. And There's nothing got, wrong with that. Oh, that's I'd like to spend a winter it, season down in Florida. But it got Florida. boring. It got boring. Okay. I wanted to be back where there was real action. Mm-hmm. And you were mentioning older statesmen, yes, elder statesmen, John. The power of that, and I do agree with you is that most people are skeptical of anything that's religious. And when you have been around as long as we have been around in one place with the same message year in and year out, 
and kept your nose clean. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Kept your nose clean. You have a credibility that the world is aching for. Where is the real deal? And when I ran into Pastor Ed, I quickly shaped him, sized him up as the real deal, along with his wife, Tammy. And then I met the rest of the crew. Everybody's looking for something real to be able to give themselves to. Yes. And everything seems so mm-hmm. fleeting and passing yes. and shallow. All image. Yes, all shallow. Uh, yes. So to be elder statesman and still going for it is a strong statement. Thank mm-hmm. you for That's that, fabulous. John. My pleasure. Yeah. Really, it is. John Guest, Ed Glover from Urban Impact. Ed, before you leave us, just tell us one more time. So you've got this great gift. People can jump on board. Yeah, $200,000 matching gift between now and the end of December. And you can go at uifpgh.org slash match and dollar for dollar up to $200,000. We can impact kids' lives in the city of Pittsburgh. Together. Very nice. Well, congratulations to you both. Yep. Thank you. Thank My you. pleasure. Really, it has been. Great being with you guys. Thank you as well. Thank John you. Guest, Ed Glover from Urban Impact. Information about Urban Impact on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Downtown Irwin is lighting up the holiday season this Thursday night. Come to Main Street for the huge annual parade, holiday shopping, Christmas tree lighting, and even see Santa himself. This Thursday, discover Irwin, the biggest small town in Pennsylvania. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save money. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. With the enrollment deadline only weeks away, it's important to act now. Our health market's Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. For your free Medicare assistance, call 800-741-5592. That's 800-741-5592. 800-741-5592. Just this weekend, I went to Grove City, took that 45-mile trek for me from my house up to the campus there. And I wasn't just going to visit my daughter. I was actually going to cheer the Grove City swim and dive team on in their uh, their meet against St. Vincent's, which they won because it was domination. Very nice. You know, I have to be a parent. You got to of course like, you do. Be a total homer. Anyway, uh, so I spent the the afternoon there and got to hang out with my daughter, you know, my husband, and you know, we just had a really good time. But one of the things I was thinking when I was there, and I've talked about this before on the air, is just the unbelievable amount of discipline it takes to be a student athlete. And I, I can't even picture remembering my own academic life and what the day-to-day was like, being able to put a sport into it that at Grove City, if you're a swimmer, you're putting three hours a day into six days a week. You just That's what it is. If you're not willing to put three, day, three hours a day into your sport, and then what are you putting into your classes? And your, I mean, it's just you really have to be organized. And I've told my daughter this over and over again. I'm just – I'm really – I'm proud of her, but I'm also just – 
really in awe of her personal organization skills that causes that to, to for, for her to be able to succeed in that way and just really appreciate that in her because I didn't have that when I was an undergrad. But the good thing about Grove City is it's not just about discipline, though. I think that's really important there. Discipline in sports and athletics, you know, discipline in academics. Um, But it's, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff that goes on, too. Heck yeah, there is. You know, um, your your education, Kath, at Pitt and mine at Point Park, certainly different than, you know, what our sons and daughters are experiencing at Grove City College. I mean, I said to my, you know, my oldest who's up at Grove City, he's a junior. I said, what are you doing on Saturday night? He goes, you know, Oh, yeah, well, there's a Fortnite festival going on right now, and he's thrilled about that. And then he said, and then tomorrow night, which was last night, we're doing the, the Ramen Fest. And I'm like, well, what the heck's the Ramen Fest? Oh, no, uh, I wasn't invited to the Ramen Apparently fest. there's a group on campus that, you know, all these college kids are eating ramen noodles. But now but they're, they're doing, just all bringing their own package? No, no, no. Apparently this was <laughs> hard to believe. High-end ramen noodles. <laughs> okay. High-end. He said, you know, um, it's a yearly campus event. One of the groups hosts with pr- with proper, super high-quality ramen noodles and homemade broth flavors. Right. I mean, who doesn't I like that? Who doesn't? So, at okay Grove City that. College, uh, they've got the fun. They've got the education. They've got the discipline and the work ethic. Our kids go there. Thumbs up. We love Grove City College. Look for them online, gcc.edu. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Veterans face treacherous situations filled with peril while serving our country. Many veterans come home physically injured, suffering with PTSD, have traumatic brain injuries or other ailments. Treatment is available, but we need your help. Help Heal Veterans with the support of generous citizens like you improves veterans' lives on a daily basis across the United States. For over 45 years, Help Heal Veterans has provided over 30 million therapeutic art kits and craft projects to these critically injured veterans, at no charge to them. Doctors, therapists, and brain injury experts recommend this type of therapy. Since the beginning of World War I, over 100 years ago, art and craft therapy has proven to improve gross motor skills, improve memory, and lessen anger issues in healing veterans. To volunteer or learn more, visit HealVets.org. Help a veteran. Visit HealVets.org. <laughs> oh, I'm excited because it's uh, National Pickle Day. Oh, I did not know it was National. Do you like a pickle? I love a pickle. Oh, Mike, my. are you excited about that? National Pickle Day. <laughs> How would you celebrate? I mean, okay, do you have a favorite pickle? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, National Pickle Day. The pickle song. I as well. I would say it's sort of a guilty pleasure because they're expensive. I can't eat very many of them, so that mm. I, I so I rationalize that away because it's not expensive. If I only eat like one a week, I can't eat them very often. One pickle a week. If I have a jar of pickles, they'll be gone in about three days. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's a big commitment. Okay, so what kind of pickles are you buying? Clausens. Okay, but so what kind? Dills. Are you buying the whole? Oh yes. Oh, you're buying the whole ones? Yes, I am. You're not buying the spears? No, 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 because I want to cut the pickles themselves because I believe when you cut them, then they're the freshest. And then you just make their own spears, you know, whatever size you want. Make your own spear. Yeah. They are fresher because whenever they cut them and they put them in, then all the, you know, the flesh is exposed. 
So, but isn't the flesh exposed? But it's in all the brine, which makes it more delicious. No, 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 no. See, I always buy the spear. Really? I believe in the spear. I believe in the whole dill. No, I just. And do you? Are you buying dills? I always buy dills yeah. or Polish. Polish spear is also very delicious. Yeah. What's is, the difference? Pretty, pretty close. I got to be honest. When I AB them, they taste very similar. I agree. I think just think the poles are kind of going. These are ours. I understand that. I mean, I'm Polish. I'm fine. So I feel I like I want to claim something for you, crying you. out loud. I mean, Italians have everything in this town. I mean, give us a pierogi and something. We boy, do have the race at PNC boy, Park. So that's I pretty good. I picked a scab there. Excuse me. <laughs> Holy smokes. Mike, do you like a pickle? Yeah. I but, love the... Um, the Pittsburgh pickle. What oh it? my gosh! The Pitts. Remember the oh, Pittsburgh pickle guys? We had the they Pittsburgh came pickles. And they came yes. and, and fed us on our show. They, they, they have like a variety. They, didn't they give us like yes. some chili pickles? Yes. First of all, it's a really hot one. That's the, oh, is that the chili my, one? Yeah. It's called the Fire and Smoke. That yes. was excellent. Yeah. That was so good. Oh yeah. Thanks Pittsburgh. I forgot all about those guys. So good. Pittsburgh pickles. We did give. Mm-hmm. And also the dill pickle and the Pittsburgh style pickle. The Pittsburgh pickle was my favorite. Yeah, mm. I love that. Really How about you know my dis? I dislike uh, greatly the uh, bread and butter pickles. <gasps> I do. I do. Really? I oh do my not. gosh! Why? I love the bread and butter I pickle. Do, I just, I just don't like them. They're just not my taste bud. I am telling you, on a sandwich, those things are killing. Really? No. No one in my family but, likes them. Not you. They're just like you. Bread, yeah. I so I, I don't want to buy them because I feel like I'm the only one that's going to eat them. That's a waste of money. When you have a dog or a burger, you doing the pickle? Because uh, to me, like that's the ultimate. If I've got a nice cheeseburger, lettuce, tomato, an onion, yeah, right. and a pickle, are you kidding me? No, it's a good point. With some ketchup and point. some uh, some mustard. You guys are like relish. I love relish. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm big. I relish. like sweet relish though. I'll do. I'll do sweet relish. But it, I don't know. How can you not I like have bread no idea. Pickles. I don't know why. It's I don't know how it thing. works. I'm telling you. Do you put relish on a hot dog? Yes, I do. Okay. Gladly. I like. Do you? I like to combine it with ketchup. No, mm-hmm. I like mustard on my dog, not oh, ketchup. Oh, really? I don't like ketchup on my hot dog. Oh, no, I, I like that. Ketchup. I like the ketchup, and then I like the, the relish on top of that. I think that's just magically delicious. I'd be happy to eat it. Mm. Why don't we do that someday? Why don't, remember, in, in, Why don't we do this to ourselves? In, I am so Every hungry. day we start talking about food. What the heck's wrong with us? Starving. In the old days, in the old days, when I first started to work here, management every what year was Friday. That? 1902? 19- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, that's really funny stuff. 2002, you used to be a I comedian. <laughs> Holy smoke, that's a joke about old age. I mean, that's big time funny. It's like Bob Hope. Holy, all of a sudden, we're at Caesar's Palace with new Mike. Get out of John's here. John's like a pickle. What the heck? He pres- he's preserved. I am well aged. He is well aged. Uh-huh. Listen, when I was little. Yeah, Dill. And I used to, when I was little, I used to go visit my dad's parents who lived in New Kensington. Yep. They were both Polish, 100%, the two of them. And she would make what she called Polish pickles, mm. okay, which are just, were just dill pickles. I'm not sure why she called them Polish pickles. Maybe because she was Polish. I don't know. But. My grandparents had one of those Pittsburgh toilets in the basement. Now, for those of you who are from Pittsburgh, you know exactly what I mean. For those of you listening from other places other than Pittsburgh, I know this is going to sound really wacky, but in old houses in Pittsburgh, you'll go down to the basement, which is just a regular basement, cement floor, sometimes even a dirt floor, and there's just a toilet there in the middle of the room. I'm not even kidding you. There's a toilet in the middle of the room. Sometimes, as in your house, John, there's a shower head also. And it harkens back to the time when there were a lot of mill workers here. They'd come into the house through the basement door. They'd have to shower, do all their stuff, and then they could go upstairs and be clean. Exactly. You were presentable to the house after you used the Pittsburgh um, toilet. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that Hold on. (laughs) Hold on there. That that was almost a tragedy. That was super close. (laughs) 
Oh, my gosh. Okay, can I get back to my grandparents? Please I feel do. like I need to rescue this. Please do. Anyway, like a lot of people, they put a little, a little like, uh, you know, like a stall around the toilet. Oh, right? yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So anyway, whenever I'd go down there, if someone was in their one bathroom, I'd say, can I go down and use the basement bathroom? And sure. my grandmother would say every single time, yes, but don't you touch my pickles. Okay. She she had vats oh, of really? pickles in the basement. Now, I don't know what she thought I was going to do to them. Open them I don't up know and how just... many there were. There were like thousands. Mm. I wonder how long a, pick, a pickle would last. I have no idea. Why didn't I ever learn how to do that? Well, I bet you if you pickled pickles today, they would last for at least several years, don't you think? They're in brine, salt yeah. brine. I mean, that could make its way across the Atlantic. Maybe that was, you know, Columbus's major staple, a pickle. See, now you're making stuff up. I'm just saying... Hashtag fake news. Pittsburgh pickle next to the Pittsburgh tea. Drink or eat pickle juice. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. House Republicans have elected Kevin McCarthy as their next minority leader. McCarthy blaming history in part for Republican midterm losses. If you say any president in their first off-year election, on average, loses more than 30 seats. Barack Obama lost 63. Anybody who's in that office, the history runs against them. The California Republicans set two goals for next session, to unite America and to win back the majority in 2020. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. McCarthy defeated Ohio's Jim Jordan for that position. Another rough day on Wall Street as the Dow dropped 206 points. It closed at 25,080. The Nasdaq lowered by 65. The S&P declined 20. Oil, though, started uh, ascent up to 56.25 a barrel. This is SRN News. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We try to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from four and a half to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Hi. I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henney Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. 
For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School, 412-242-8886. Is your car ready for winter? Get the jump on Jack Frost. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect against the elements inside and out. From spray-on bed liners to rust proofing, weather tech floor liners to extreme detailing. And now, through November 15th, get up to 50 bucks off remote starters during their preseason sale while supplies last. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. 40 years for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 27 degrees. Tomorrow, a cold day with some sleet and freezing rain with icy travel in the morning and a cold, plain rain in the afternoon, high 35. Rain will change over to snow tomorrow night, accumulating 1 to 3 inches, low 30. And clouds give way to some sun for Friday, brisk with a high of 39 degrees. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, welcome. Thanks for coming along today. Uh, ben Shapiro, do you know that name? He is a, a, a writer, a commentator, a really famous blogger. Actually, that's how I think we first found him. He's a very active Twitter account as well. I would say he is a social provocateur. In a conservative vein. I think I would call him an intellectual conservative. Okay. And he, he, I don't think... Ben Shapiro. I don't don't find him provoking. Maybe maybe because in large part I agree with him. The greater culture finds him as a provocateur. Which I don't understand. He's in town this evening at the University of Pittsburgh on campus. Actually in about an hour and a half at 6.30. Tickets, if you were a student, were free. They were handed out by, I believe, the Young Republicans Club. And if it, it seems like this, anywhere a guy who comments on the culture from a conservative perspective, like Ben Shapiro does, shows up on a college campus and immediately draws an angry mob of people who generally know the name, but then know nothing about the man or his positions. We got a piece of audio that uh, was recorded just recently. Just a couple of days ago at Ohio State University. That's right. So here's a, here's a guy in the crowd uh, interviewing people about why they chose to show up and protest at a Ben Shapiro event, like it's happening tonight. Hey, guys, it's Fleckus. This week we're at Ohio State University for a YAF speech. Ben Shapiro's here, and these college kids are not happy about it. We're going to see what's going on. Are you guys for or against Ben? Against Ben. Do you think you should speak tonight or no? No, no. Not at all. What about free speech and the Constitution? How does it work? That's a good point, but he shouldn't be allowed to have free speech if he's going to preach the kinds of things that he preaches. <laughs> are you for or against Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro. Well, what are some of the things that you're talking about, though? Like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know 
what he said specifically. You know any quotes or anything? I don't know what he said specifically. I just don't agree with his platform. Are you for or against Ben? Uh, against Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Against Ben? Yep. Yeah, I'm against Ben Shapiro because uh, I have everything that's wrong. Okay, so there you see. I mean, okay, it's so, like it's, okay, so nobody knows anything. No. They're showing up and people are yelling and screaming, but we heard that he says bad things about people. Or, I mean, I don't know what he said specifically. No, that's what they're, yeah. I mean, I don't know what he said specifically. I mean, it would take a long time to tell you what I, I, mean, I think there, I don't there's know. There's not enough time for me to tell you all the things that I like about Ben Shapiro. I mean, it's just I couldn't possibly even start into it because it would just take so long. I mean, say what you will about the 60s protest. At least people knew what they were fighting for and or against. Here on college campuses, it's all this vague, he said, she said, maybe, I think I might have read something. I'm not quite sure. I heard people screaming, so I'm going to stand in line and scream at them as well. What's the point of all this? If you've ever listened to a Ben Shapiro uh, give and take, like a Q&A, yeah. I think that's when he's at his best, although I think his, his, his blog is great. Um, but Q&A is at his best. He's fair. He is intelligent. He's well-informed. He's respectful. Um, He's a Jewish American, so he speaks from a position of faith, um, but not mainstream faith in America. He has a perspective that is not locked to any party, even though he would – I think he's a – he is registered as a Republican. He's not a fan of the president. He has – he's a human who has a perspective. He is intelligent enough and has a platform that's large enough that all sorts of people around the country would like to hear him. What is the problem with that? I don't know. Uh, you know, traditionally, have not college campuses been, the reason that people would go is to exchange ideas that are not similar to mine. So I can dig down into ideas or ideology, thoughts, and learn and gain and become a greater person because of that. I can't figure out when we cross the Rubicon into the university being some kind of space where it can only be for people who agree with you. Right. I can't figure out how that possibly happened. But make no mistake, that is where we are on a ton of university campuses around the country. We're is here that in the you, city of Pittsburgh. Is that you cannot speak about what you want to say, even though the university community is supposed to be the place where you can say what you want to say, except if you're a conservative. Now, let me tell you this. I've listened to Ben Shapiro for a long time. There's nothing racist about Ben Shapiro. I mean, there's all sorts of allegations of him being some sort of homophobe or racist or whatever. It's just it's a completely ridiculous allegation. Do you know <laughs> Do you know that there are all sorts of allegations you can look up of him being a Nazi? Ben Shapiro. Now, he'll speak tonight, I would assume, because he usually does, wearing a yarmulke. Now – I've never seen a, y- a Nazi wear a yarmulke. Right. It's just people who are throwing terms around right. who don't know anything, who are just going to throw stuff at a public person they, they don't like and just wait to see what sticks. Right. So it, it, it's our loss that we won't be able to go see him tonight. I would love to see him tonight. He starts at 6.30, but by the time we get to Oakland, it'll be you know 7 o'clock, so we're going to miss the major portion of it. Right, but if you're going to see Ben Shapiro, oh, to, first of all, us. if you're considering going to see Ben Shapiro, let me tell you, I don't care whether you're a conservative, liberal, independent, you don't know anything, you should go yeah. because he's incredibly bright and you You'll learn something tonight. You might learn that he says things you don't agree with, but then you'd be better off because you would have learned something you didn't know before you went. If you're already planning on going, we'd love to hear what it's like. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah.
We would. Yeah, so give us Controversy a... Controversy notwithstanding. Yes, post on our Facebook page tonight or tweet to us or something. Let us know what the Ben Shapiro event is like this evening at Alumni Hall, University of Pittsburgh campus. Very nice. Okay, so speaking of controversy, we are not intentionally trying to stir the pot, but Joe Dallas is with us in a few minutes. You want to hear this conversation? 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Message and data rates may apply. When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max, a patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone promoting greater increases in muscle size and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone. Plus, an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in the gym. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free. Just pay shipping and handling. Not 10 days, not 15 days, but a full 30-day supply free. When you text the word MAN to 797979. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text MAN to 797979. Text MAN to 797979. It's been a full day. The to-do list is done. The kids are in bed. The dishes can wait. Right now, this moment is just for you. It's your chance to unwind. It's your end of day. Ah. At the Original Mattress Factory, we're proud supporters of the end of day awe, and we want to see how you relax at the end of your busiest days. Share your posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag end of day awe for the chance to win a $1,000 Original Mattress Factory gift certificate. Relax. You've earned it. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. Why don't you come? Because my mom is a really good dentist. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I love the joy that children bring to the office. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. And I try to really reinforce that we're there to help and to have a good time at the dental office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. You have my word on it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. 
over enemies of fear, enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move to free out their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for being along today. There's a, a new film out that is yet to hit Pittsburgh, but it's going to be released nationally called Boy Erased. It is um, a true story, as much as feature films can get, a true story about a young boy raised in an evangelical family who identifies as a, a gay man. And it tells the story, written first in a book and then made her into this film, tells the story of the family's great disappointment. The father is a pastor and the pushback from the father and what it was like for the boy to enter into something called gay conversion therapy. Uh, this has been a, a contention, gay conversion, conversion therapy, for at least two decades. Mm-hmm. Some right. people who identify as gay, whether man or woman, have been put into gay conversion therapy against their wishes because of their parents or someone who is in their circle. Um, Some people have been mistreated within this gay conversion therapy. There have been examples of success where people go, you know, I did have the same sex attraction and now I no longer do. I feel as though God has called me to a new life in Christ because of that. Joe Dallas has been with us over the years. He writes extensively about that and will join us in just a short bit. But Joe Dallas has written in response to a piece that aired at CBS that in many ways pointed the finger at gay conversion therapy as the great failing of our time. I don't think – I think in every way it pointed to that. Uh, The piece on CBS was I think probably what – what can I hate to say this, but I, I think it's true. I think what conservatives have come to expect when talking about issues that are important to people of faith, I just don't think that people in mainstream media are conversant enough with issues of faith to really do a great job when they talk about it. I don't think that it, for the most part, is a um, that is a it is a purposeful assault on people of faith. I just think it, large part, it stems from ignorance. But the piece in CBS talked to um, the author of the book that Boy Erased is based on, and he told a story about being a pastor's kid, um, about growing up in the church, about always having a relationship with God, and then also having um, feelings of same-sex attraction that he tried to ignore or tried to get rid of, was, you know, plagued by it. When he finally told his parents, they responded so badly, and then he ended up in what's called gay conversion therapy. And, of course, that's what's chronicled in the movie. Um, this is what I thought from watching the CBS piece, John. You can tell me what you, what you, what you think. Um, if the movie version of what happened to this young man is accurate... I can't imagine a person of faith anywhere who has a heart for Jesus endorsing that. 
I mean, it's some kind of emotional abuse. Yes. I would never sign on. For, I, w- I would never th- say that that's a good idea. I would. There's no possible way that any professional in psychotherapy or psychiatry would ever look at that and say that that's a good idea. But I don't think there's a layperson that would look at it and think it's a good idea either. No. Now, to the defense of this piece, what they did was they showed, I believe, the absolute worst. They showed extreme examples of people on the fringe enforcing some sort of therapy to I'm not quite sure what end. It was abuse, plain and simple. The hope is that that is not used now, that people have moved on from that, that there's a recognition that those techniques, Mm -hmm. however applied harshly, foolishly, don't work. Don't work. And shouldn't – and even if, quote, unquote, work or being successful – is the goal is the goal there has to be a goal that's greater than that which is actually being loving toward other people right i mean I, we're called to holiness each one of us and we're called to call each other to holiness but not using abuse as a weapon no I, it's very complex now people would say well it really isn't complex i was born as a gay person this is how god created me so Leave me alone and go live your life. Okay. I mean, look. Right? People will say that. Yeah. Sure. That's a, The that's, church will say otherwise. The church will say, well, your homosexuality is a sin. And so to be one in Christ, you need not be an active homosexual. You need not be engaged at all in same-sex attraction. But people in the church... Um, and I hate to say people in the church and, and make some blanket statement well, because we're, I, all, we're all universe. Okay, so the three of us, all right, so I can speak for the three of us, I guess, since we spend all of our waking moments together. None of the three of us would ever look at someone who was same-sex attracted and say, how dare you? You know, you're, you're an apostasy, you're an embarrassment, and we want to put you in psychological therapy. I mean, not one of the three of us would ever do that. I think we all recognize that we are to represent Christ to each other. And not just to the three of us, but to whoever we meet. And so we would want to honor the humanity of any person. At the same time, our obligation to each other is that we we know the scriptures well enough that we are able to say, you know what, you're, you're going down a bad path, regardless of what it is. It doesn't have to be sexuality. It could be gossip. It could be anger. It can be dissension. It can be envy. You know, any of those things. We talk about sex like it's some, you know, completely different sin that's like outside all the others. But it's really, we shouldn't look at it that way. I mean, if we're not honoring the Sabbath, we can be talking to each other about that. This doesn't mean that we come down, though, in harsh judgment upon each other when we screw up. And I think that's what this, that the CBS piece was highlighting is just someone who's in the church is upset about a, about a kid who says he's gay. And so instead of just going to the person, instead of there being gentleness and kindness and prayer and allowing the Holy Spirit to work, it turns into some kind of crazy psychological gymnastics. It's like some kind of, you know, uh, obstacle course that they're putting people through. And I don't think that's the only way that Christians look at same-sex attraction. No, and that's not. what bothers me about the CBS piece. It, it, it was a blanket statement. Exactly. It was a blanket statement. It was two-dimensional that if you're a Christian and you think that 
homosexuality is not what God intended, then therefore you're like this. Right. It's very complex. There are so many tendrils here. And, you know, when you look at the cultural change in how we, in America especially, have been, I would say, I don't think it's too strong of a word, forced to celebrate homosexuality in the greater culture. As the walls have fallen down and civil and, you know, now there is gay marriage where even a decade ago, gay marriage was still verboten. I mean, I think back in the days when Bill Clinton would say, well, he he could have signed a bill espousing gay marriage, but he chose not to. He did the Defense of Marriage Act. Right. So now we've gone so far afield where, you know, there are gay rainbows everywhere. And if you don't agree with with a gay culture, then you by that very disagreement are a bigot and a hater. That's where I have the problem with it. I grew up in the theater. I spent more than 20 years working in professional theater. I guarantee you, I know and love many gay people. That's just the nature of theater. That's how the world is structured. At least my world was. I'm also a Bible-believing Christian. So I see the sin of active homosexuality and go, yes, I nod my head and go, the Bible tells me that's a sin. I believe the Bible as the truth. Okay, but does that make you look at your friends who are gay differently? To be honest, it does. But I also am a harsh judge of my own self and my own sinfulness and my own hypocrisy and my own failings and my own horror of my own stupidity. Uh, I am a sinner. But at the same time, I don't go out and trumpet the fact that, you know, give me a thumbs up to my sin and love my sin. So it's very... It's very complex. I think we can all agree that the church has done a bad job dealing with this issue. I think the church, like all of us, have been caught off guard by the ferocity and the immediacy of the moment that we have just gone through and the hate that has turned back upon ourselves because we supposedly were the haters. Now we are hated and find ourselves in a defensive posture. So where is the truth here? Where is, where is love and grace? Mm-hmm. At the same time, where is calling the rampant celebration of that untoward? Right. Or- okay, but here's the thing. And maybe this goes without saying, but I feel like we should make it clear anyway, that homosexuality is, is just a different kind of, of sin. sexual sin. So that you can have heterosexual sin just as easily as you can have homosexual are you kidding sin. Me? We are I mean, awash in it. We exactly. are surrounded you, by you, it. You, know, you turn on YouTube for 30 seconds and you're going to be like, okay, well, that's heterosexual sin. I mean, I don't think that I, that the the cultural picture of Christians hating gayness um, is accurate. Is accurate. I could be wrong about that. I'm only speaking from the corner of Christianity that I know and I'm sure that there are many corners of Christianity that I would be very disturbed in how they talked about and how they talked about homosexuals I'm sure that that's the case however there's got to be it's kind of like the Ben Shapiro thing we're talking about whatever happened to people being able to honestly disagree about something it doesn't turn me or you into a hater if I don't like X See, there's a difference, like in all things, in how we choose to look at each other. Because when we sit in the same room, believe me, at the Ben Shapiro event tonight, there'll be wackadoodles screaming and yelling. But if you sat in a room and looked across the table at Ben Shapiro, you would have a conversation. You would 
just by the nature that we are human beings and need to reach out to each other, you would find the proper decorum, the polite society to speak with him and not to be an idiot. At the same time, if you're disgusted and repulsed by gay men or women, women, if you sat across from them and had a conversation, you may find some common ground here and think, that's not as horrific of a person as that I thought. They're more like me than unlike me. Look, it's never our position as Christians to be judging people who aren't yet believers. I hope we realize that. Our, that's never our job. Our job is not to judge the unbelieving world. That is Jesus' job to judge the unbelieving world. Our job, if we're to judge anybody, is to judge us, to get, help us to get our act together. I get that. There's no doubt about that. That's biblical truth. However, when you see the in your face, right? Okay, but then that, do you yeah. not roll your eyes and well, go, course, "Oh, please, you, cut rolling, me a giant okay, break." Okay, rolling your eyes and saying, "You know what? You guys are pushing me a little too far." Is a different thing than calling down holy judgment. I think that there's a sphere. <laughs> Of communication <laughs> and like worldview that is contained. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll take that. We need to step away for just a minute. Joe Dallas is going to be with us in a few minutes. Stick around. Our conversation continues about this very difficult, contentious issue. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. It's a bumpy road today. Downtown Irwin is lighting up the holiday season this Thursday night. Come to Main Street for the huge annual parade, holiday shopping, Christmas tree lighting, and even see Santa himself. This Thursday, discover Irwin, the biggest small town in Pennsylvania. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage because open enrollment ends December 7th, and so you've got some important decisions to make soon. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions and they've got the answers you're looking for. So before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or maybe drop it altogether? So don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but on quality with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. 
Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 27 degrees. Tomorrow, a cold day with some sleet and freezing rain with icy travel in the morning and a cold, plain rain in the afternoon, high 35. Rain will change over to snow tomorrow night, accumulating 1 to 3 inches, low 30. And clouds give way to some sun for Friday, brisk with a high of 39 degrees. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. We started out our conversation at the top of the 5 o'clock hour talking about a new film called Boy Erased. It's not yet made its way to Pittsburgh, but uh, it's in those you know select New York, L.A. corridors. It will, it will release. It's gotten good reviews about a boy who has found himself in homosexuality and his story. It's a true story. It's so much so that a, a film can be made from a true story. There's always some sort of theatrical devices and whatnot. Joe Dallas is with us. Joe's an author, a speaker, an ordained pastoral counselor who directs a biblical counseling ministry for those dealing with sexual and relational issues. You can find Joe Dallas online. He's got a live webinar that uh, premieres this Saturday. But Joe, my friend, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Good. Thank you, John. It's good to be talking with you both again. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, Joe, welcome back. All right, Joe, can we start with uh, you telling your own personal story? Uh, My story is not a very unusual one, although we haven't heard a lot of these stories. I was a born-again believer who also realized he was attracted to the same sex and had to make a decision. At the time, we were not having conversations in the church like the one you are in the middle of having. We did not talk about this openly in church back in the early 1970s. So I didn't realize, first, that there was anyone else like me in the body of Christ who had these temptations. And secondly, I didn't know what I was doing wrong because I still had them. Uh, I have come to realize that homosexual desire, like any desire of the flesh, is a part of the old nature that needs to be crucified. But I assumed that because I had temptations, there must be something foundationally wrong with me. So after about six years of resisting those temptations, I decided to simply give in to them. I made a choice. I really do believe uh, most openly gay and lesbian people, when they say, hey, I did not ask to have these feelings, that is not a choice, just like whatever sinful tendencies we may have. We generally don't choose to have them. They are manifestations of uh, fallen nature. But we do make a choice as to what we're going to do about them. I chose to give in to them, and then I realized that I did not wish to abandon Christianity, so I tried to find a way to reconcile homosexual behavior, a gay identity, with the Christian faith, and I found what I thought was the answer in what I now call the pro-gay theology, and that is the pro-gay reinterpretation of the Bible. It is much more prominent now than it was back in 1978 when I was facing all of this, but... uh, I did come on staff eventually with a pro-gay church, the Metropolitan Community Church in Southern California, 
and I preached uh, essentially a message that said the Bible did not condemn homosexuality, it was right in God's sight, and the Church has simply got it all wrong. Now, God very graciously brought me to repentance in early 1984, uh, after about six years of trying to convince myself that that interpretation of Scripture was the right one. Within a few years after my repentance, I had uh, met and fallen in love with a woman who's been my wife now of 31 years, and the mother of of my two grown sons, and I've also had the honor, uh, as a biblical counselor, as you mentioned earlier, John, of walking alongside other men within the Church who are dealing either with homosexual temptation or with a strong desire for the use of pornography or other different forms of sexual sin. So really, I've got a passion about um, working with believers who are taking their sanctification seriously and realizing they've had a compromise. That's why I loved what you said earlier um, about the fact that our job is not to judge people outside the Church. Just like Paul told the Corinthian church, hey, you know, uh, what have I got to do to judge those outside the church? God is going to judge them. But within the church, we are there to walk alongside, to help, to assist, to disciple people who are saying, hey, I know this is wrong, I know this is God's will, so what do I do about it? And that is one of the reasons I was disturbed when I saw the film you mentioned earlier, John Boy Erased. Um, I was disturbed first at the approach that the Christians in the film took. I know enough about some of the people involved, because that is based on a true story, to realize that some of that is true. Not all of it. Some of it was uh, exaggerated. Some of it took some real dramatic license. But I do think that some churches, ministries, individuals have taken a very hyper-legalistic approach, or sometimes an approach I think is just counterproductive. You don't help a homosexual overcome his sin by telling him to be more manly, to wear the right clothes, and to learn how to swing a baseball bat. Right. I mean, good grief, when I was in the gay community, I knew plenty of big, burly, athletic, masculine men who could snap you in half with one hand, and, uh, you know, they were just as gay as a picnic basket, but they were masculine. Right, right. So, you know, we, we don't want to confuse the two. Uh but I am disturbed uh, on on two levels. One, at the attitude that some Christians still have, that homosexuals are in a special sin status, because the Bible does not make that distinction. It describes it as a serious sexual sin, alongside many other serious sexual sins. But I'm also very concerned about the weakness uh, we're seeing in many churches that are caving in to either a pro-gay interpretation of the Scripture or just into silence on the issue because they're afraid of the pressure the culture is now putting on the Church. So, as always, this is a controversial uh, topic, and I think it really tests our fidelity to Scripture, which really means it tests our fidelity to God. Amen to that. Joe, we need to take a break, but when we come back, I want to ask you first off, because I'm sure this is a question that lots of our listeners are thinking as well, if you were same-sex attracted, how did you end up falling in love with a woman? Um, But we'll also talk about gay conversion therapy. We'll talk a little bit about the new movie, Boy Erased. Our guest is Joe Dallas. WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. 
ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on wordfm.com, on christianradio.com, on the next radio FM chip. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-444-2013 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-444-2013 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's like you He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. For all the many years that we've been doing the ride home with Joan and Kathy, both Kath and I really appreciate all the advertisers who've been with us. Grove City College is our newest advertiser, and we are so happy that Grove City is with us. Both of our children attend Grove City, so we, as proud parents of children who attend Grove City College, we say thank you to Grove City College. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin on behalf of Light of Life Rescue Mission. Thanksgiving has great meeting for the entire team at the mission, and it reaches far beyond a few football games and eating too much turkey. We're thankful for you, the caring Pittsburgh community, and the generous ways you continue to reach out and help us touch the lives of those in need. Today I'm asking you to join our team to help us share the priceless gift of hope by visiting lightoflife.org and donating generously today. We're talking about homosexuality. A new film called Boy Erased tells a controversial story of gay conversion. Joe Dallas is with us. Joe is part of a, a long line of really faithful men who are trying to reach into the gay community and bring light, bring truth. Joe, uh, let's go back and talk about the film Boy Erased. Uh, it's not yet made its way to Pittsburgh. You were able to see uh, an advanced screening. Uh, as with all things in Hollywood, especially in this hyper-gay culture that uh, Hollywood is, is now, uh, clearly it had to be a, a very sort of thumbs-up to the gay community, right? 
It was that, although in all fairness, it did show one young man's story, and most of what was in the film does seem to have been uh, accurate. I read the book that this is based on. I knew some of the people involved. And uh, this young man realized he was attracted to men. His parents told him he needed to get help. They sent him to a program called Love in Action. And at that program where he attended for, I believe, about eight days, going in the morning and then leaving in the late afternoon, early evening, uh, he participated in different group sessions, classes, activities, and so forth. And he finally bolted the program when he felt that it was either too abusive or simply uh, too ludicrous. Now, uh, some of what was portrayed in the film I do not believe ever happened. They, for example, showed staff members uh, hitting a man with a Bible to shame him into repenting and even bringing his family members in to do the same or holding him under water or uh, holding a mock funeral with a coffin for somebody who had backslidden. Uh, I don't believe those extremes happened, but I do believe some of the uh, general um, practices that the film presented did in fact happen. It, w- it was an example of what not to do, actually. If, if you're talking about ministry to people in the church who say, hey, I'm attracted to the same sex, what should I do? This movie showed you the techniques not to use, the things not to say, the things basically not to do. However, it very unfairly categorized all ministries or counselors who help people in that position as being similarly dangerous or similarly unhealthy. They've lumped us all under the term conversion therapy, although i got to tell you, John, I don't know anybody who has ever used that term to describe themselves Hmm. or who is using it now, but it's a nice negative term that you can use to slam everybody you you might be aware of a film that came out well over 40 years ago called Marjo. It oh, was sure. a documentary. Well, okay, Marjo Gortner yes. basically did a documentary mocking people who believed in faith healing and so forth. Well, it, it was frustrating for those of us who do believe that God can touch someone and heal them to see ourselves represented in that way, because it basically told the whole world, hey, anybody who believes in the power of God at any level behaves like the people shown in this movie. Mark. I see, sure. So then, Joe, how do you, how do we as believers, and you know, you, here you are on the front line. I can only imagine what your social media feed is like or your email box. I mean, you essentially are the chief hater and chief bigot because here you've been at the forefront of this conversation since the, the early 80s. I think that one of the, the cleverest tactics used by the pro-gay movement, the political social movement, has been to change, the, to, to reframe the conversation so that it's not a question of is homosexuality right or wrong, but rather, if somebody objects to homosexuality, can they be anything but a hater? And so by putting us in the category of Nazis or members of the KKK, racist and bigots, then immediately we're discredited, and any arguments we make, any attempt we make to reason with people is discounted because we are fundamentally flawed human beings. The reality is, if you go over the websites of virtually anybody who does this type of work, you'll find that we do not shame people, put them in cult-like environments, yell at them, scream at them, hit them with Bibles, cast demons out of them, or any such thing. Most of us do simple talk work, group work. We offer biblically-based counseling and guidance, and that's about as exciting as it gets. (laughs) And and the experience for any person who's same-sex attracted is... I'm sure every bit as varied as someone who's heterosexual is that we're all complicated people 
Our outlook is based on our background to some extent. It's based on what we believe to some extent. And none of us are straightforward people who would fit into some perfect clinical context, right? Is You know, the, the whole idea of talking with people uh, is you're yeah. recognizing that we're all different. I so appreciate you pointing that out. It is such an important point. One of the biggest mistakes we can make in ministry to people affected by homosexuality is to lump them all in the same category when it comes to either origins or outcomes. Now, I believe homosexuality biblically is described as a manifestation of fallen nature. However, the family dynamics, the internal dynamics, the physical dynamics, whatever, created the homosexuality in an individual, that that varies from person to person. We can't come up with one theory and say, oh, you had a bad relationship with your dad, that's why you're gay. Or, oh, you were molested, that's why you're lesbian. The origins are different for every person, and the outcome is different. When people turn from this sin, they experience different outcomes. Some people continue to wrestle strongly with homosexual temptations almost every day of their lives, and they are faithful stewards of the bodies God gave them. They are fighting a good fight, and they're fighting it faithfully. They deserve our respect. There are other people who found that their sexual orientation was more flexible. Um, My life would be an example of that. When I met and fell in love with my wife, I realized I could not make those feelings happen. My decision to repent was only a decision to follow, to be faithful. So I wasn't looking for change. I was looking for faithfulness. In the process of getting involved with a local church, engaging with the church body, submitting my life to the authority of Scripture, the power of the Holy Spirit, accountability, community, fellowship, I did find I was interacting with a lot of different people. One of them happened to be Renee. We met. I began feeling very strongly for her. I began also realizing I was sexually attracted to her. That's something I couldn't just decide to make happen, but it happened. Uh, I certainly would not have pursued her if I had not been both sexually and emotionally attracted to her. Now, I realize, as with any sinful tendency, under the right circumstances, I could be tempted again towards homosexual sin. For obvious reasons, I avoid those kinds of circumstances. I wouldn't myself go uh, handing out brochures at a gay pride parade. I'm not saying that's wrong to do. I would not do it. Um, I wouldn't go evangelizing in a gay bar. Again, I can't say that's wrong to do for any believer, but for me, I don't think it'd be very bright. So uh, I, I don't think I'm beyond being tempted, but I do know that I have never once in uh, 34 plus years, regretted the decision I made in early 1984, nor the decision I made when I took my vows to marry my wife in 1987. Joe Dallas is with us. You can find Joe online, joedallas.com. This Saturday, Joe is having a, a webinar. Joe, talk to us about that. We are in need more than ever, John, of establishing ministry within the church. As you may know, throughout the country, laws are being passed banning what they call conversion therapy, making it harder and harder for Christian counselors of any sort to offer help to people who want to overcome homosexuality. That being the case, more than ever, this needs to be addressed in the local church, where really it always should have been addressed. So this Saturday, for my monthly webinar, I'll be teaching uh, an hour's worth of material on how your local church, you the pastor, you the ministry leaders, and develop ministry to people who are dealing with homosexual attractions and develop ministry to family members who have gay loved ones and develop curriculum and teaching materials for your youth so that they are equipped to discuss this issue intelligently. That'll be this Saturday, the 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific time.
That's Joe Dallas, author, speaker, ordained pastoral counselor. Joe, you've been a good friend to both John and I and to the program. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Great talking with you both. Pleasure is always ours. Joe Dallas online, just like it uh, sounds, it's spelled joedallas.com. The webinar webinar is this Saturday. Take a break, reset. We still have just a few more blocks for the ride home. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? Word FM hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at wordfm.com now to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at wordfm.com you will never never believe how many people lie on resumes what wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> listen i just even still listen, today it, which is something that's so easily checkable right listen this article in market watch i found a couple days ago i yeah. just can't believe it a whopping 75 what? Per, wait 75% of hiring managers have caught applicants putting fabrications on their resumes according to a new <laughs> career builder survey okay that's almost a 20% increase you said it would be harder because you can look up anything well no, no it's a 20% increase since 2015 what the okay heck? so Financial services employers, so that would be your a bank, some kind of you know lending yeah. network, or maybe a investment f- house. Exactly, they say that seventy three percent of them have found at least one person who outright lied on their resume. Okay, employers in the hospitality industry, oh, yeah. like hotels or restaurants, seventy one percent of them say that at least. A person has outright lied on their resume. So I wonder, because now it's so widespread, mm-hmm. does that lie disqualify you? How could it not disqualify hey, people might go, you? You know, hiring managers, because the job market is so tight, they might go, yeah, well, we know the guy lied, but everybody's Well, doing I mean, I, right? that's, that's a good point, right? The jo- right. Well, yeah. you know, he did lie that one time, but we need that guy. Okay. This backs a survey from Employee Background Check Service Hire Rate, which found 85% of employers have noticed multiple embellishments, quote unquote, <laughs> or outright lies on resume. Okay. And we're not talking little white lies here, like saying you spent a year at a company when it was really more like nine months. Employers in the new Career Builder report shared some truly outrageous claims, including a 22 year old applicant claimed three different degrees whoa he's a genius right except that on that person applied for three different jobs 
in the company and listed a different degree with each application. <laughs> you big dummy. Okay, so those degrees really weren't there. An applicant had the same employment dates for every job they'd ever had. <laughs> Not only are you a liar, you're a careless liar. <laughs> or you're really, really, really busy at one point in your life, right? Another applicant listed 40 different jobs in one year. Whoa. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not even sure is humanly possible. That's a wrecking Considering ball. there's only about 52 weeks. Hello, I'm working here. No, you're fired. Hello, I'm working here. No, you're fired. Listen, I can't imagine why. It, you're right. It is so easy to find out anything about anybody. Why would you do that? I the- don't know. I don't know what people are thinking. Listen, we talked earlier in the hour about the Ben Shapiro event, which is happening tonight at the University of Pittsburgh. Half just an a, hour. Just a couple of days ago, he was at Ohio State, and we played some clips of uh, someone interviewing people who were protesting outside a Ben Shapiro event. And all I can say is the bottom line is nobody who was protesting there knew why they were protesting. They didn't even know what they didn't like about Ben Shapiro. They couldn't even name anything. They just didn't know anything. There wasn't so, even free food available. Listen, so are those the same kind of people that lie on their I resume? Guess, I they, guess. Because they don't know anything and they don't think anyone else knows anything i don't know uh, can you imagine being in hr today what that must be like how difficult it is look i mean look record job numbers right so they're looking for people so there's got to be a, a a bending of the rules to some degree or would a, you ever would you ever i would never I, i'm not even going to ask you i'm going to tell you what i think and you can you know say yay or nay but i'd never hire a person who lied on of a resume never i would think it would be a grounds for automatic I mean, for heaven's sake, the, the thing about a resume or an interview is you're putting your very, very best foot forward, right? right? So if that's your very best foot, I don't want to see your worst one. <laughs> you stay back there. Good grief. Yeah. Okay. All also, right. we're continuing to celebrate National Pickle Day. We do celebrate National Pickle mm-hmm. Day because who doesn't like – now, whenever I was a kid, I thought this was like you know millionaire row. We'd go buy the pickles in a jar in the milk section, you know, in the – in dairy the, section. Right, the actual refrigerated And ones. I thought, are you kidding me? People are eating pickles like that. Well, now, apparently. You're one of those people. I am. I'm so like, you never buy from the shelf. You're only buying the refrigerated I'm buying some Colossans, really, because I love a pickle so I, much. I feel the same way. That everything else to me is sort of secondary. I feel the same way. You know what is a total disappointment? Hmm. A room temperature pickle. Oh, oh, the worst. What is that? Or, or how, about, how about whenever you, you go like to a deli and you see the pickles like by the register? Do you ever have one of those? What the ones that are like the the, in the, the brine, solid in ones? The glass, that, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. I've done that often. Is it good? No, it's, it's a crapshoot. It, well, it, it's not cold. No, it's not. That's what made me think about it. But it is. A, you never know. Sometimes it's like, oh, these are you know they've been in, in the brine for like the past eight weeks. Oh my goodness! Pa, 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 what is that? Is that somebody pa, I know? Pa, pa, pickle, 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 my daughter pa, swears pa, by the whole pickle, pickle, pickles from Woolies. Oh, really? That are in a barrel in near the produce section, and they are not cold. They're warm pickles. Mm-hmm. They're, well, they're just in a barrel. You know what I mean? You yeah, kind yeah. of have to, you know, you get like a big ladle, and you have to grab them out of there and put them in a little bag. Right, and right. Tie the top. So this is the end of the canning season, right? So there's got to be. People oh. making pickles all over the place. Right. You know, when I was in Nashville uh, a couple of months ago or whatever, I had a lot of pickled vegetables. Oh. Pickled vegetables are a big thing down there. Did you ever have pickled cauliflower? Well, that's what it was. Hot it was pickled cauliflower. Mm. No, this wasn't hot cauliflower. This was only pickled. So it was pickled cauliflower, and there were carrots in there. I like and that. And there were olives in there. I'd be happy to have that. Green beans. Listen. I had it every day. Of course you did. I loved it. The first day I was there, somebody brought it out, and I thought, Give me that. Really? What is this? What are these? So the waiter said, well, they're pickled vegetables. I said, well, 
Okay. Bring it on. So my I had friend. those and they were delicious. So every day I was like, yeah, well, yeah. here I am. I'm going to have some pickled vegetables. When Thanksgiving is here, do you assign someone the pickles and olives? Is, is that part of the mix? No. What? We do that in our family. Someone, someone, always, someone has to be responsible. Yeah. Who's bringing the pickles? Who's bringing olives? You know, the, the pickled vegetables, hot and spicy cauliflower. That's always part of our Thanksgiving table. I'm just saying. I'd like to be at your Thanksgiving table, but. Well, come on over. Oh, oh, like you've ever invited me to your Thanksgiving table. I believe I have. I don't two think or three you times. have. Oh, come on, in your dreams. Have a pickle today on National Pickle Day. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.